let's shift into wellness. Welcome to the podcast. I'm your host, Amber Patchla, health coach, essential oils educator, wellness advocate, and lover of life. In this podcast, we will touch on all things wellness and journey together to become our healthiest and strongest selves in body, mind, and spirit. Join me and my amazing guests every week as we discuss all things health and wellness and how you can take steps to be a happier and healthier version of you. I'm so happy you're here. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Shift into Wellness. Thanks so much for being here again. I hope everybody's doing well. We have just entered February, which is very exciting (laughs) because it means spring is near. And um, Ontario has come out of our uh, most recent lockdown. So there are positive things on the horizon, people. Um, Today's podcast is one that I have been thinking about and considering for a long time now, um, but just felt that this was really the right time to do it because I think a lot of people are becoming very, fr- well, <laughs> not becoming, are very frustrated with um, with situations that are going on in, in Canada and in the world. And they also are looking for ways to take care of themselves. Um, that just doesn't entail, you know, wearing a mask and washing their hands and how they can ensure even post-pandemic that they and their families and their friends are going to stay healthy. So I wanted to talk to um, my friend Dan Vicentin today. I knew he was the perfect person um, about effects on, you know, small businesses and uh, fitness facilities throughout the pandemic, and also um, pick his brain on why he feels that mainstream, well, why we <laughs> collectively feel that mainstream media is not shining a, light, a lot of light onto really how to take care of ourselves long term, and also to talk about ways that we can. Um, take care of ourselves long-term. So this is sort of a pretty open conversation. Um, there's lots that we touch on and um, I hope that you have a lot of takeaways from this and please reach out to myself or Dan if you have any um, opinions or feedback or questions on this episode. Um, we're both very open to it. So I'll give you a little bit of background on Dan so you know where he's coming from and why I want to speak to him. Um, I've known Dan for, hmm, I'm going to say, over 15 years uh, back from back in Toronto. Um, he played for the Toronto Scottish uh, rugby team. And I was the general manager at the Duke of Kent and our pub sponsored them at the time. And so we've known each other for a long time through that. And then, um, I also was a member at his then CrossFit gym, um, which has now been remodeled and renamed, but, um, I was a part of that community. And so 
I know what a tremendous leader he is, what a great coach he is, and what a wonderful um, person he is. So I hope you really enjoy this. I think this podcast, I'm very proud of it. I think we had a, an awesome conversation. He gave so much insight into the last two years into fitness, um, the fitness industry in general. So anyway, Dan, Dan is a, he's a fitness entrepreneur with over a decade in the, of experience in the industry. In that decade, in that time, Dan founded 416 Fitness Club in Toronto, downtown Toronto, um, which is a group fitness and personal uh, training gym. He co-founded Bodzy, which is a lifestyle and nutrition coaching program that focuses on helping career-driven women lose weight. And most recently, Dan has co-founded Greenlight Personal Training, a franchise model with a growing number of locations in the U.S. and Canada. Outside of starting his own businesses, Dan has directed his passion for coaching from the gym floor to the business world by mentoring over 50 gyms and studio, sorry, gym and studio owners all over the world. So he's pretty legit. He knows his shit. And oh, I just hope you love this episode as much as I do. Thanks uh, again, everybody. And enjoy. Hi, Dan. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me, Amber. Oh, man. Thanks so much for being here. I think today's conversation is going to be friggin' really good, fascinating, and something that people need to hear. Um, and I really, really appreciate you being uh, open and honest uh, about, you know, life in the pandemic as a gym owner. So Dan, tell us a little bit about, I've, I've given everybody a bit of a bio on you and, and what, what, what you do and where you are, but tell us a bit about what led you to the health and wellness industry and why you're so passionate about it. Yeah, I think um, how I got started has more to do with kind of entrepreneurship than maybe the actual industry itself. I mean, as you know, playing rugby my entire life, um, I was always drawn to working out or being healthy, staying fit. And I was in a job at that time, right before I opened my first gym, where, you know, it was one of those things where you made good money, but the eight hours that you're sitting at your desk, you just hated yourself. You know, I was lucky enough that the job didn't require me to think about it when I went home or anything like that. But it's like, did I want to spend my life in those, you know, eight hours every single day, just hating everything that I did. And so I just looked for an option and I was just drawn to the fitness industry and the idea of helping people. You know, I've always considered myself a leader. And so becoming a coach was kind of like a natural progression for me. Um, and, you know, my, my dad is an entrepreneur and sort of, I guess that kind of led me down that path. And, um, and then I decided to open my own gym on a whim mm -hmm. after working kind of part-time-ish at a couple other gyms um, to kind of get the ropes and how to work with clients properly and stuff like that. Um, and then I jumped two feet into opening at that time what was CrossFit 416 in 2011. Yeah, so exciting. I love CrossFit <laughs> 416. <laughs> and you did an awesome job. So good segue. Let's talk about life at, at uh, CrossFit 416, which is now sure. 416 Fitness Club, yes. which is a whole other story. Yeah, we don't want to uh, get into that. <laughs> 
Um, let's talk about it pre-COVID. Tell me about, I mean, I know and I can speak to it, but tell me about what the atmosphere was like. What was the mood like? And, you know, relation, I think about relationships between, between coaches and clients. Give mm-hmm. us a little like, you know, idea of what that looks like. Well, I mean, what these micro gyms like 416, you know, what they, what they act as is, I don't know if you're familiar with like the whole idea of the third place, right? So every, every human being is said to have three places. So they have their home, they have their work as their second place, and then they have a community hub. So, you know, in the past, that's churches or some sort of club um, and what's become very, um, very relevant recently, like gyms are that third place. People meet their spouses some, a lot of the times at those places, you know, they meet very long-term friends. I can't even tell you how many people have gotten married from meeting at my gym. (laughs) Yeah. It's actually just astonishing the number. (laughs) Um, and so, you know, that's kind of the, the culture and the community and the atmosphere that, that was, that has been created. Um, at 416, like many other kind of micro gyms. Mm. And, you know, so because of that, it was a place where people just loved to come to, right? Um, I mean, the types of workouts that we do that require intensity, require mindset, require, you know, just getting past that struggle point, you know, there's a bonding element to that. And when you're doing it with a lot of other people, it creates this connection that's, that's almost unlike, anything else. I mean, if you played on a, on a team before, you probably have some understanding of that. Um, but that's really what we found um, with, with, with clients that, that come to 416. And I'm sure you can speak to that. That's, that's why you never could take a day off because you know, you were going to be held accountable by the people that you're always in the class with. Right. Big time. Yeah. I can, I can certainly speak to that too. Uh, I love that third what is it called? A third house? It's just the idea of a third place. Third place. That's beautiful. I've never heard that. And it makes so much sense. I love that. Oh man. I love that. And like a lot of things can kind of sit in there, right? Like like they're, you know, people go to pubs, honestly, and they meet good friends and laugh and and that's where they go to after work. They consider their, their kind of their hub. Right. Oh man, those old boys at the Duke of Kent back in the day. Right, that's yeah. their third spot. Exactly. That's amazing. Okay, good. I just I wanted to get I wanted to give listeners sort of the vibe of what being a part of something like that, like a smaller, um, a smaller gym, is like. And it and it is. It's beautiful, and you are being held accountable. And you're right in those intense workouts. It is about mindset and you're, and you're doing it with, with, uh, with other people, which is huge. And you do make lifelong friends. Um, and it's, and it's a really beautiful thing and you stay, you keep each other motivated, you keep each other disciplined, you keep each other spirited. Um, so there's a lot that goes along with the community. So, okay. So, so everything is great. You know, everybody's having a gay old time and getting fit and having fun. And we move into, well, so COVID happens, the pandemic happens. Initially, we were all pretty scared because we didn't know what the hell was going on, I think, you know, and, yeah. and lockdown number one happens, but then number two happens and the list goes on and in Ontario, we're, we're, we're speaking about um, Toronto and uh, the greater Toronto region and in, uh, in, in Ontario and in Canada, quite frankly, in general. So it goes on. 
what did you see or hear from your community over this time? Like your, your, not only your, your clients that are paying to come to the gym, but also your employees and the coaches and, you know, affiliates who, who also own. Yeah. Well, I think it's, there were definitely phases, um, you know, as the lockdowns continued on or new lockdowns were put in place, you know, people's moods or people's kind of, you know, just their entire, the way they feel about it shifted. I mean, mm-hmm. initially you had the unknown, right? And yeah. so everyone as frustrated as they were, they were scared. Um, and because they were scared, you know, they were willing to kind of, you know, abide by everything that was kind of being told to them to do. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we had, a, I remember doing this really emotional kind of like video on Instagram um, which is very unlike me, it but was, it was, awesome. <laughs> yeah, but it was just basically saying, you know, we got to shut down and it's, you know, it's, we don't know where this is going. Um, but I think over the course of time, like we really identified, there's like three types of people, I guess, um, and how they kind of dealt with, I'm speaking specifically about the clients that I was working yep. with. And, you know, there were people who, um, took to our online program because we shifted, we pivoted. We're like, okay, we need to continue to provide a service to people. We can't just, you know, shut down and say, say, everyone go and just start become a runner or something like that. Right. (laughs) We needed to provide a service to our clients because they come to us for more than just, you know, the actual workout. So we needed to be that support system. So, I mean, the first type of person were people who took to our online program either because they really needed it and, you know, they, they need that connection and they felt the value in the service and that sort of thing, or even those who just wanted to support the gym because we are a small business and, you know, they're much a part of it as the coaches and myself are. Um, And then there are those people who, you know, are self-starters, right? Type A personalities who they don't need a gym to go and work out. They probably ordered a overexpensive dumbbell from Amazon or barbell or whatever, and they can just pivot and do their own thing and get by and they'll be fit no matter what is happening, whether the world is burning down or, you know, they're allowed to come and work out in my gym 24 hours a day, they will always be a fit person. And so those people, you know, we lost connection with basically because they can go and do their own thing and then there were people who just completely shut down Mm. and that was you know more common than I would than I would have liked to see obviously but I think uh, you know I speak to my manager about this um we're about a year in and we had four more clients that that we would check in with who were just directionless you know Mm. they they completely disconnected from their previous fitness routine and they got to a point where the idea of starting back up and taking steps to get into a routine seemed almost impossible to them and you know we tried we offered help you know my my client success manager carolina like she is very diligent in reaching out to people because we needed to be that you know, that voice or that ear Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. for someone to listen to. And, you know, the type of service that we offered wasn't just online classes. I mean, those were there, but what we tried to do was be more of an accountability 
um, coach to our clients. So we mm. would do personal follow-ups every week, you know, adjust workouts to personal situations because people had some equipment, some people didn't have any equipment. Yeah. Um, but at the end of the day, what my coaches started to realize was that people just wanted to talk to them. They didn't even yeah. really care about the fitness, which was really eye-opening. Um, I mean, we had, I remember my manager telling me this, this one story, like she talked to someone, an, an old, old long-term client who gained 40 pounds um, in the pandemic, Shit. Yeah. 40 pounds. And this is someone who, you know, diligent in coming to the gym four or five days a week, you know, took care of themselves mm-hmm. and they gained 40 pounds and they were just beside themselves on how they were ever going to get back to yeah. any semblance of what their routine was before. So it was, it was a very scary, but eye-opening kind of time and eye-opening in a sense of really got to understand the impact of what you know our service our coaches and our gym actually provided to people mm-hmm. um, you know much beyond just you know you know lift these dumbbells or lift yeah. this barbell yeah dan that that sounds about right to me I, I can't say i'm really surprised to hear you say that and i think to a lot of people who um particularly to people that don't maybe incorporate a lot of exercise into their, into their lives. Like I remember, you know, in 2020, at some point you had posted this post, right? I think the guy was from the States. I can't, honestly, it was so long ago it passed in the pandemic, but it, I just loved his point about gyms being essential. And, and I posted it and I, I just said, like, it's also about community and, and during this time, like people's mental health. And then anyway, someone, an older person commented just like, I disagree. You know, we need to contain this and and people don't need to go to the gym, go out and go for a run. And I felt like saying like, when's the last time you did that? But it's not, not everybody can do that. I I did it. Tobin did it, but I knew Mm -hmm. a ton of people that didn't because they love that community and they need to be held accountable and they they didn't want to do it over zoom. And I, yeah, I think a lot, like you said, a lot of people really struggled and it was about more than exactly that picking up a barbell. It was about mental health as well. And, uh, and community was a big part of that. Um, so thanks for, thanks for laying, laying, uh, out that foundation. So let's talk about the absolute fact <laughs> that taking care of ourselves, both mentally and physically is of utmost importance. Mm-hmm. Why do you think, because this is something I talk about with a lot of people all the time, why do you think it's really not being addressed in mainstream media? And when I say it's not being addressed, like I've always been, I said this earlier, I've been a little bit of the opinion where yes, okay, wearing a mask is, you know, that that can help contain virus and stuff. Wash your hands. Okay, well, we should be doing that anyway. But how about take some vitamin D, move your body, eat some good Mm -hmm. nutrients, drink lots of water, get eight hours of sleep. Like Am I wrong? Like this is not being talked about, right? In mainstream media. No, so, it's not. It's not covered because it's boring. Okay. And what are your thoughts? Every, on tell me, tell well, me. Well, I'm like, so, <laughs> well, everything that's kind of covered are all mandates that I've seen. It's all reactionary. Mm. They react to a specific issue. Mm. And so how do you get out of the issue? Well, it's got to be a quick fix. What's the solution? What's the quick fix? Oh, okay, well, we've got a pandemic that's significantly 
impacts people with comorbidities than healthy people who take care of themselves. Mm -hmm. um, and so in order to help those people as fast as possible, we need to shut everything down and everyone needs to stay in their home. And that's what the media will cover. You know, if the media goes out there and says, you know, move your body, get some sun, drink some water, sleep more, stop watching so much TV, stop sitting down, whatever, it's going in one ear out the other, mm -hmm. right? Because it takes a long time and it takes consistency in doing that stuff to have the effect that it's going to need to have. Whereas in the pandemic, you know, someone for the first time drinking water, sleeping well, and then walking outside more, unfortunately, it's not going to save them in that moment the first time they did it. Right, and so that's right. the way that I've seen it. And mm. not only that, we also have to think of how people want to consume the media, right? So if they want to, they're only going to listen to things that they feel will help them the most mm -hmm. and telling someone to go and eat more lettuce or eat greens and veggies it, again it's going in one ear and yeah. going out the other very very quickly um and it's, it's an unfortunate yes. yeah, it's really unfortunate um and it's like people in today's society it's it's always about the kind of quick solution what's going to get me there fastest and fitness is like we feel this more than anything. Like how many times do you hear people talk about, you know, get you abs in four weeks, you know, try, oh, yeah. this, try this crash diet, right? Let's yep. lose all this weight really, really quickly because that's what sells. That's in the psyche of what sells. Mm. Whereas, you know, a, the specific example I always, I always talk about um, is the drug Xanax. So if you suffer from anxiety and I told you, hey, I can help you with your anxiety. We're going to move more. We're going to do breathing. We're going to do meditation and yoga. And it's going to, you know, after about three, four months, you're going to be in a really good routine over it and your anxiety will start to subside. Or you can take this pill and your anxiety will be gone instantly. What are people <laughs> going to, what are people going to do? They're going to take the pill. Most They're of them. Take the pill. Most of them. Yeah. A lot of them. The majority yeah. are going to yep. take the pill. Right. And, and that's, that's how we operate. Mm. And that's how, or that's how most people operate. And so the shutdowns or once they come out with like effective drugs to support or to fight um, COVID, then people will just start consuming that. Um, but the voice, the voices that we need to hear, you're right, are, are about taking care of yourself. I think um, I actually was looking at these statistics the other day, I'll just kind of pull them up. From the CDC, if you have these risk factors, so asthma, you're 1.5 times more likely to be hospitalized if you get COVID, hypertension, mm. three times, obesity, three times, mm. diabetes, three times, chronic disease, or chronic kidney disease, four times, severe obesity, four and a half times, um, yeah there's, there's a ton more so yeah you know if you have those conditions you're going to be significantly more affected by by covid yeah it's going to drive up hospitalizations which ultimately is the reason we had to shut down our entire exactly problem. fascinating dan you're the first person that has answered me in a way that has made sense <laughs> probably because oh, you've yeah. given it a lot of thought <laughs> most people yeah. are like just get get the job and, and all that's fine. This isn't a, a chat about that, but, but, no. but it's like, 
I'm always like saying, it pisses me off how fucking not telling people to, to take care of themselves, but that's exactly why. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> so glad to hear that. Not glad, but it makes a lot of friggin' sense. It's almost, yeah, it's frustrating though to think yes. about. It truly is, but it makes so much sense. And a great analogy on the anxiety. And I will just have to like shove in there that you can snort some essential oils for that shit too. Oh, there you go. <laughs> okay. So fitness facilities is particularly, and, and you talked to me um, before we started recording about the difference between a fitness facility like yours versus, you know, we call it a small mom and pop shop versus a big box store. Well, this is a small gym versus a box size gym essentially. Right. So mm-hmm. Tell us why they should be considered essential and why should, why should they be um, exempt from, from these lockdowns that, that have been happening or should yeah, they? you tell me? Yeah. I, I want to be careful. Like, I don't want to, yep. I don't know that I'm in a position to say, you know, what should and shouldn't be, but all I know is yep. that based on the parameters that they explain, mm-hmm. um, you know, at, at my, at my gym in downtown Toronto, we have complete control of who's coming in the door the amount of people that come in the door at one time where in the gym they go how spread out they are from the other people and including all the other measures that are mandated by the government um, to try to keep you as safe as possible Mm. Um, and that is very different so you know we consider you know my gym now it's like you work in place so when you come in and you're a client you're in the same eight by eight square the entire time you're there other than when you have to obviously walk out the door yeah yeah or go to the washroom or whatever versus you know big box gyms where people are kind of circulating all over the place Mm -hmm. now i'm not saying that they should be closed over over us yeah for sure but i think the problem was is that there's just a blanketed approach yes and that blanketed approach was just so mind-boggling um and it just didn't make any sense and when things don't make sense and you ask people to continually do it, then, well, you start to question it, right? It's yeah. just, it just never, in the beginning, sure. But over time, you just start to question it. You look at the fact that there was never a reported, um, you know, breakout of cases at my gym, nor was there. And basically all of the gyms and gym owners that I talked to, yeah. um, and I've mentored over 50 gyms all over the world, and maybe one had kind of like community transmission. Right. And, Amazing. you know, that's, that's bound to happen anywhere. And it's of because course. it's easily controlled, like what needs to be controlled in the way that we operate. Um, but I think at the end of the day, like the balance, the balance is with kind of like this, the extreme reciprocal effects that happen because of the lockdowns. So you're taking away someone's place where they, you know, relieve stress, where they stay fit, where they keep their body strong, where they can communicate to other people and, you know, their friends and that bond and that safe place is really important Mm. for people's mental health, right? People miss that. Um, And so when you take that away, the reciprocal effect is as we've seen, there's been a higher rate of suicide. There's been yeah. alcoholism. There's been an increase in alcohol, alcohol related deaths. Like all of these things that happened in the age group of 24 to 44. And that's a scary, scary thing because who you're mostly trying to protect from the lockdowns are people that are older. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
And so, you know, should our gym be open? I don't know from a COVID standpoint, but what I do know is that it's going to save a lot of lives um, in another way. Right. So then I'll say, yes, they should be (laughs) like a fucking, I'll say it. (laughs) Yeah. 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 And and I, I get it. Like I hear people kind of fight it and, you know, I was on board for a very long time. Um, I said, okay, you know, we got to do our, our job. I hate it. I had gym owners in the States who were telling me you guys are crazy, Yeah. but I was like, no, just go with it. Like eventually, you know, it'll work out. And then my gym was closed. Gyms were closed for 400 plus days, 400 plus days. Since the start. So from March, 2020, um, till now. We, well, I guess more. Yeah. So 450 yeah. days, probably. Yeah. Total. That's crazy. Yeah. That is crazy. Yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> <laughs> so you touched that you touched on that, um, as well that, and I, and I said it in, in the bio ahead of time, in your bio ahead of time that you are, that you do work with, uh, through mentoring other gyms. Mm-hmm. Um, all over the world. So in the States and here, and you are a business owner in the wellness industry. So tell me like f- for yourself and, and other people who you've worked with or affiliates who you're friends with, what have you guys been through personally as business owners? I mean, there's probably a bunch of different adjectives I could use to describe, but I mean, you can start on this podcast. Yeah. Okay. Uh, (laughs) but well, to be honest, frustration is a big one. Yeah. Um, I just, again, decision-making is just mind boggling sometimes Mm. where I don't understand why, you know, living in a, or working in a 4,600 square foot facility, weren't even allowed to have people work one-on-one with a coach. I could have someone stand, you know, a hundred feet apart from their client. And so they didn't, they didn't look at the difference of hosting like a group class versus personal training. So frustration was huge. Confusion in that point Mm. was like, I had that, those feelings for, I still have those feelings. I'm just confused on the whole thing. Who's making these decisions? Why are they being made? They don't make sense. You're not, you're not even, you're not even responding to the questions that are being asked to kind of clarify. Um, and a lot of times I've also felt disrespected. Yeah. Like good. it seemed like we were just being kind of shoved under the rug, the rug is like the importance that you, that you are to society, to your clients. Um, it was like, you didn't matter. Right. Yeah. Um, and I get it. I'm not, I'm not downplaying the effects that the pandemics had of on people like, yeah. and those, but I am that doesn't mean that there's other things that need to be looked at before you just put in place the provisions that they decided to follow, which are lockdowns, mm-hmm. right? You need mm-hmm. to look at it like the bigger picture of things. Yeah. Um, in my opinion and, you know, panic, there were times where yeah. I was in complete panic. Yeah. Right? And, you know, I, 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 I told you before we got on that in general, the Canadian government, less so the provincial government um, helped financially. I mean, the subsidies were decent enough so that, you know, I could pay my mortgage and right. I could keep staff. I could mostly keep staff on, obviously not to full capacity for a lot of my coaches, but, 
you know, I was still able to keep something keep my staff on. Mm-hmm. And so I'm obviously very grateful for that. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you have, when it's on the, the edge every single month and, and you're spending money left and right, and I was spending money because I had to retrofit my facility. Okay. So how do I make it more COVID friendly? Yeah. Well, they're not, they're not paying me to do that. Yep. That's me just now. I, this is an expense I have to take on because you're telling me everyone has to be six feet apart. And if I don't do it, then I can't operate. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and so because of that, it's just, you get to a point of like, what am I doing? What's the point in this? Why do I want to be in this industry? You know, owning a brick and mortar gym that, you know, can have such a positive impact on people's lives. And it seems like every, you know, every turn that I make, I'm just running into a wall. Um, and there's, I don't see anything in the future. That yeah. That, Where's know, the I, light at the end of the tunnel, yeah, right? Mm-hmm. There's nothing there. Um, so yeah, it was, I mean, those were what five or six different emotions, kind of emotions yeah, that, yeah. that were pretty constant throughout. Mm-hmm. I mean, the feeling of like anger and what the fuck, like yeah. so yeah. many times. I, I think I stood watching my TV you know, earlier on in the pandemic when they did the press conference, it seemed yeah. like every other day. Yeah. <laughs> and I would, my neighbors must have thought I was crazy because I would just be like screaming at the the doctors on and Ford on the, on the TV. Oh, yeah. So. Oh, yeah. Um, I think of my own CrossFit affiliate up here. Um, I'm not currently there, but when, when we moved into well, when the pandemic happened, they also, they moved into zoom classes and I did them for a long time and I didn't want to be out in my garage in minus 20 fucking lifting the freezing ass barbells, but I did it a for accountability, but B or even a, because I wanted to support them and I supported them for, for as long as I felt I could. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but I know that they also lost a lot of members and you can't yeah. blame the members either. Right. No. Like you said, like, for example, like some of your loyal members would be, they're super fit and they're also self-sufficient. So they could be yeah. going for runs and hikes and, and lifting that barbell in the garage without lo- looking at zoom. There must be, there must've been like that in the back of every um, owner's head too. Like, am I going to be able to maintain my, my, yeah. um, my payroll via my, my memberships. Right. hundred like, yeah, percent. Sorry. And then, and then keep your, keep your employees employed. Like I know, yeah. like in the restaurants, that was huge for managers and owners. They were just felt like shit delivering that message. Hey, you're laid off again. Hey, I can't employ you right now. Right. So I would imagine yeah. that was going on in the, in your mind as well. Oh, constantly. I yeah. think, I think for me and, you know, my employees can probably attest to this. I didn't want my members to feel the obligation to ever just support me to support me. Mm-hmm. It was really, really important that what we provided had a lot of value in it. Yeah. And if it didn't have a lot of value, then, I, or if you did, if you felt like it didn't have a lot of value, then I don't like, I don't want you paying us for that. Right. But I found that we can be very, very valuable to people in these times, if not more valuable than when the gym's actually open. Because mm-hmm. people in this time, they needed the support. They needed the kick in the butt, the accountability. They needed yeah. someone to talk to. Oh, yeah. Um, they needed a connection with, you know, someone whose sole 
kind of reason for talking to them was to help them with their health and wellness. Yeah. And, you know, we tried to create, you know, a program that had that value in it. Not everyone saw it, but a lot of people did. And I'm grateful that we were able to, to help those people that took advantage of it. Yeah. Industry did the same thing. And I, and I loved it. I thought, I thought what a great way to, to turn around and, and try to offer it and to support your, to support your members as well. And it was exactly that. Like I said, like, I didn't love it. It was freezing, but I got to see all my 7am that I missed. Right. And, and, yeah. and like you said too, providing value, like if I, you know, if I needed something outside of it, Stouty was always there for us, you know? So mm-hmm. I love that. And that's, and that goes right back to community. So thank you. And thank you for expressing your emotions on that, because I imagine <laughs> that they're very similar to not only gym owners, but coaches and employees and members and, you know, go down the line, yeah, everybody the just keep going yeah. down the line. Exactly that. So on that note, Dan, we'll get ready to sort of wrap things up, but what would you say we can do as a community? And this is like on a large scale and a Mm -hmm. smaller scale, depending where we are, um, to support each other through the continued restrictions and the seesaw of mandates that maybe hopefully are going to come to, uh, are done. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I honestly think it starts first with kind of understanding that, you know, the moments of like darkness that you might be going through yourself, is also felt by a lot of other people that are close to you and that, you know, you're not the only one who's frustrated. You're not the only one who can't get out from under their covers and, you know, is just completely done with this whole thing. You're not the only one feeling that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what you're, what you've been missing the last two years is the connection and engagement that you have with people, you know, people that you're close to the community that you belong to creates a safe place for you. And that's been stripped and taken away from us for two years. And so as a broader community, we need to find some semblance of that, you know, to help people. We need to connect with them, engage with them. If that means going for a walk outside, if that means Mm. calling them, texting them, whatever, you know, this has forced people to get further and further apart. And so the way that we help each other is to get closer and closer together. Yes, Dan, preach. I love (laughs) it. It's beautiful. And it is exactly right. You know, if you see a friend or even someone that you don't consider to be much of a friend, but an acquaintance that went to your gym and they seem down in the dumps or they're not, maybe reach out to them and go for a walk. Or I see people from my gym, like during lockdowns that I never didn't even know, know each other. And they're going cross-country skiing or, you know, I see them out hiking the dogs and I love that. And that's exactly it. How community can come together to lift each other up. Beautiful. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, Dan, I'm so, oh my God, I can't thank you enough. This was exactly what I hoped it would be and knew it would be. Um, So thank you. And thanks for being really open and honest with us. Um, I'm sure everybody appreciates it. And I hope that people listen to this and really um, just consider the ramifications that are coming from um, said lockdowns and from exactly what you said, like pushing people uh, apart. Um, So I appreciate you. Thank you. So the last question of the pod, the last question of the pod is always, what is one of your favorite things that you do for self-care? So I was thinking about this and (laughs) I don't know that there's one thing, but I think what makes me, you know, kind of at the top of my game 
always is preparation. So, you know, the whole idea of like Steve Jobs, I don't know if you know this, but he wore the same clothing every single day or the same outfit, I think, multiple, multiple versions of it. But the reason why he did that was because it eliminated another decision that he had to make in that day. So for me, I'm always at the top of my game whenever, you know, the night before my sink is empty, dishes are cleaned, kitchen is cleaned. My clothes are, you know, folded and ready to go. I know what I'm wearing the next day. Um, my food is prepared for, for lunch. I still cook all my breakfasts and dinners, but lunch is the one meal that I always prepare ahead of time. Cause if I don't, I'll probably eat something I, I shouldn't be eating. Yeah. Um, and that when I wake up my, I make my bed. And if I do those things habitually, then I tend to be way more productive. My mind is clear and I don't have to stress with any any of those things so getting ready for your day is just kind of set and you can be on your way yes so interesting (laughs) i mean that is definitely the first time i've gotten that answer and i don't even know if it's that surprising coming from how i know you (laughs) right it doesn't shock me that you have those things in line but that is a great way like that that basically prepares you for self-care because now you're in a good mindset and ready to go right Yeah. You don't have to worry about those things. Totally. I love it. Okay. And I'm going to add a second, um, kind of wrapping up question. And that Mm -hmm. is because you are you, what is one thing, one that you can recommend to us to do daily to keep healthy? Um, this is going to be probably not the answer you want to hear, but it's move. I want to hear move more. Our bodies are built to move. Okay. They are not built to sit in a chair for eight hours a day, right? If you have any fitness goal, if it's like weight loss, if it's performance, you want to run a marathon, if you need to relieve stress, all of that will be reached a lot faster if you move your body more throughout the day. Um, and so, you know, so many people, they, they're like, they're sitting for hours upon hours yeah. every single day mm-hmm. and your muscles just stop working. Your body was built to move. They're not, it wasn't built to sit around. Your metabolism slows down if you don't move. Um, And I think one of the, one of the comparisons that I make to this, the first thing that people do when they, when they say, I want to get fit, um, you know, I'll ask you, Amber, the first thing you would do if you said you want to get fit is what? Go for a run. Right. Or do exercise, <laughs> join yeah. a gym, right? Do so exercise. Crazy. Gym. Yeah. 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 You're going to do that one thing. Yeah. And usually, you know, if you join a gym, you know, you work out for half an hour, an hour. Um, and then that's kind of like your path to fitness. Yeah. Well, what the hell are you doing the rest of the day? Yeah. Okay. So if I compare this, I was thinking about this, I compare this to sleep. So everyone knows, everyone is fully aware that you get six to eight hours of sleep. And that's when you're going to be fully well rested, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Well, if you translate that to kind of exercise, you need more movement in order to actually bring your body to its, you know, highest kind of capability Mm. than just the one hour a day in the gym. Working out one hour a day is like just being in a deep sleep for two hours. And that's all the sleep that you get. Mm. So yes, will it help? Yeah. It means you have some sleep working out in the gym means you have some exercise, some Mm -hmm, movement, mm -hmm. but ultimately, ultimately you need more. 
And so before joining a gym, before going for a run, I would challenge people to get up and move three, four, five times a day, even if it's just for 10 minutes, walk around, walk your dog, do some, you know, do a lap of the office. Yeah, yeah. 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 And if you do that, your mind, your mindset will improve, your mood will improve. Yeah. And you will act, especially for people on weight loss, you will burn a hell of a lot more calories if you're consistent with that than than just going to a gym for one hour. Totally. And if you've got a dog, you're already set up. You're set. Yeah. Days where I'm you're like, oh, I don't feel like working out. I'm like, you have to, but I can move and I can go take happy for a while. So, so getting moving. Um, I always, I always thought I was kind of lucky because I could go to CrossFit for an hour. I'm working in the restaurant industry. I was on my friggin' feet for right. eight to ten hours a day, right? And that's a lot. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, and so yeah, you're right. With other people who don't have that option, or now maybe even they're working from home and they're sitting at their computer all friggin' day long. Yeah. get up and take a walk, right? Or if you're on that um, conference call and maybe you can do it on your phone, do it on your phone and cruise around your house or cruise around outside on a little walk. Just get moving, Absolutely. Right? Yeah, I, I, like I don't find, I don't think there's anything better. At the end of the day, your daily movement should be something that you enjoy doing though. Otherwise you're just gonna think of it as a chore. And so, yes. you know, it doesn't have to just be walking. If you really hate walking, then don't choose walking because you're not going to do it on days where it's minus 20 outside. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, so if there's something else that you enjoy, you know, I don't know, dancing or riding a bike or something like that, it's the same thing. You're just moving your body. And I think, I think people are doing less and less of that. Um, and they, that's not the first place they look when trying to change their fitness routine where, where it should be. Yeah. Agreed. Okay. Excellent. Good one. <laughs> And people want to hear it. They, people need to hear it. So don't say you don't want to hear it. <laughs> okay, yeah. Dan. So again, thank you so much. Um, where can people find you? If people want to reach out or follow you, where are you at? Yeah. I mean, I'm not that active on social media. I do have accounts. Um, you know, if you're in, in Toronto looking for a gym, check yeah. out 416 Fitness Club right downtown south of the Sky Dome. Um, if you're in Oakville, you're looking for a gym, check out Greenlight, Greenlight Personal Training. Um, if you're looking for some nutritional help, coaching, check out Bodzi. Perfect. My partner Robin will, she'll hook you up. Yeah. Um, if you want to chat with me, if you disagree with anything that I said, uh, shoot me an email, dan at 416fitnessclub.com. And you can email him to tell him what a study is too. That's okay. Okay, so I will attach all those, um, the gym uh, and the Bodsey websites, as well as your email in the show notes. Love it. Appreciate it, Dan. Thank you so much again. It was amazing. Thanks for having me, Amber. It was fun. Thanks again so much for being here, everybody. I hope you enjoyed today's podcast and you were able to gain some new insight and knowledge into wellness. The goal here is to develop habits for long-term success in health and happiness. If you enjoy the podcast, it would mean so much to me if you could subscribe and follow and leave a review on iTunes. As you know, essential oils are to me the bomb 
And I would love, love, love to help anyone with these beautiful tools from the earth. If you're interested or you have any questions, reach out to me anytime. Let's continue our shift into wellness, support each other along the way, and be the best we can be from the inside out.